Welcome. <laughs> Why don't we pray? Jesus, 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 Lord, we come this morning. We ask that you open our hearts. Let us hear you. Lord, let us hear your heart. Lord, let us know you more this morning. God, I pray for every one of us that when we leave this room this morning, we know you a little bit more, even just a fraction, but we see deeper into who you are. We see more of you. God, change us. We love you, we honor you, Father. This morning I ask that you speak to us. Let the seeds plant in our hearts and let them grow, Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and Lord, I pray if there's anything that I say this morning that's not of you, may it fall away, but may your words resound in our hearts and become tools in our hands to achieve your kingdom and your will in this place. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. All right. Yes, this was the... God said that I could preach this this morning, so I'm glad that my notes didn't go to waste. It's been an interesting week um, looking through, you know, and I, I've been praying a bit and asking God to, to reveal himself to us. You know, I was thinking and, and chatting with a, with a friend during the week, you know, there's a lot of leaders have stood in the place that I stand. A lot of churches have been waiting on the same thing, waiting on the same thing, waiting on the same thing to see God move, to see God move. And you know, it's interesting. I, I had a, a friend um, prophesy over me during the week and say that, that God is about to unleash something. God is about to reveal something. And I had another friend, which um, we're going to hear this morning, give a, a, a vision that he saw about the, the time is coming for something to, to be released. And while that is exciting in my heart, it's also a little bit challenging as well because I say, God, again, we're waiting. Again, we're waiting. Another thing that's just out of reach. Another thing that's just in the fog. It's just around the corner. And I started realizing and praying to God. I said, God, I don't want something just there. Wait, Ben, wait, 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 wait. And I, I got a bit frustrated. I said, Lord, I'm done waiting. We've waited. We want to see you. We want to see your power, your dunamis power explode in this city. Oh, surprise. Oh, you know the first one. You know the first one. There's no big reveal anymore. The Lord's eager for us to see. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, 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 right. He's like, then get on with it, son. But I, I feel encouraged in my heart that if it happens tomorrow, I want to prepare myself today. If it happens in two months, I want to prepare myself today. If it happens in 10 years, I want to prepare myself today. And I got to this place where I said, God, I am challenged that we're not seeing what you've prophesied over us to see. But I will prepare myself today. And I will wait. 
and I will prepare myself and I'll prepare myself and I'll prepare myself, Lord. And if I get put in the grave preparing myself, I will come to you in glory and it would have been worth my preparation. And that's where I think us as a people, you know what Shay said, I was feeling as well that when I look around this room that there is the, the maturity of years and years and years in the kingdom of God in this room. I don't need more people to come through the door when there's such solid pieces of gold already sitting here. What will stir my heart more is you guys standing and pressing back the kingdom of darkness. Actually standing in your gift and saying, I will be counted in the kingdom today, Lord. And I don't mean getting a Facebook account and making more statuses. I mean standing in a position to say, I am a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High, and I will be who he's asked me to be. Dave preached the week before last, and he brought us all to this amazing picture, this wooden cross. And he asked us to bring our nonsense, our garbage, our crapola, for you Italians, and to lay it before the cross, right? To bring it before this place and to lay it all down. And we all did that. And I want to say that that's a phenomenal position and a phenomenal take for us as new Christians to do. So now all of us who are here and all of us who have done that before have come to the position that a brand new believer should do. They bring their nonsense and they lay it at the foot of the cross. And we've all done that and it was encouraging and it was powerful. And as I was reading through asking God a couple weeks back now, been reading through Hebrews and wrestling through Hebrews and I'd love to teach through Hebrews but I don't understand even a portion of it enough but this verse jumped out and, and grabbed me and it says this in Hebrews 6, chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. It says this, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgments. Therefore, let us leave the elementary. Let me do a famous preaching thing and say, everybody say elementary. Elementary, elementary simple, basic, foundational understanding, beginning work, the ABCs. And it's interesting what the author of Hebrews says. He says, repentance from dead works Faith toward God, washings or baptisms, the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment are fundamental elementary teachings. And I want to put it to you that for most of us, we have seen these teachings done again and again and again and again and again. And the author of Hebrews is saying, I need you guys to stand up. Leave this stuff behind. We've already done that. We've locked it away. We've sorted it out. You know who you are. Let's go on to the next things. And we see many, many times Paul write and say, I cannot bring you into the things. Thank you. Hello. I cannot bring you into the things that God has for you next until you understand these things. So what Dave bought two weeks ago 
was amazing and it was foundational and it was an elementary teaching of Christ. And that's not to belittle Dave. That's not to say he did the wrong thing. It's to say he had to do that because we're stuck in the elementary teachings of Christ. That as a, as a church, as a body of believers, God wants to bring us into the next thing, but he can't. Why? Because we're stuck on the things we should have already moved through. We're stuck on the elementary, the small things. When he says that the raising of the dead is an elementary teaching, what bigger is the raising of the dead than we can go into? But we go around and we go around and we go around and we go around because in ourselves we get caught on the thing. So we have to teach repentance again. And there's a time where I, where I, I get to the place where I go, I don't want to tell you about repentance. You already know. You know as a, as a teenage child you should have put your clothes in the dirty clothes basket or made your bed. We know this stuff. But what happens is we, we start looking internally and we disempower ourselves as to where God's actually trying to take us and what he's bringing us into. This teaching this morning that I'm going I'm to bring is something that was one of the first teachings a good friend of mine, most of you know Brad, I first one of the first teachings I ever heard Brad do and it changed my life because I was caught in an, in a perpetual cycle of understanding of of going out and, and living for Jesus and then wading my way through sin and then coming back into the church a miserable mess and going oh need Lord I need to come back to the cross and then I get rejuvenated and repowered and go back out I'm going back out for Jesus and I'd get to the car park and the things would start and I'd fall over again and then I'd have to come back in. And I remember sitting in the little hall in, in Helensvale where, where Brad was teaching, just weeping and, and misunderstanding the absolute power and beauty of this symbol. That when Jesus goes through and he lives his life, he's cutting, and I've preached before, he's cutting a covenant. He's redefining a covenant. And the last symbol of the covenant the last symbol of a Jewish covenant is to plant a tree. And Jesus goes up to Golgotha and he plants the most memorable tree that could be planted. This cross, the symbol that people put all over their buildings, the symbol that we find so much hope in, is a remembrance of who we've cut covenant with. Is a remembrance of who carries weapons for us, who fights on our behalf, on who we stand before. And this teaching changed my life because it revealed something that I never quite understood. So I can do a little reveal, but you've already seen it. But the first one is the life that we live, the old way. The life that we come into, the, 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 the life of the world, right? The first Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, you can do anything in this garden, but eat from this tree. Eve reaches up, she plucks a fruit, she eats of the tree. Sin enters her life. Spiritually, they die. They become distant from God. God removes them from the garden so that they can no longer eat from the tree of life. And they go into the wilderness, lost and confused and separated from the Father. This is the old life. This is a life filled with, with sin, with hamartia, with the, the, the missing of the mark. This is the life that we wander. This is the life that when we go out into the world, we see people lost and confused. We see people hurting. 
It always amazes me when I see um, millionaires suffering with depression. It amazes me when I see famous movie stars with all they could ever imagine suffering with the pain of life because they're living constantly in this place, in the old life, in a life of death. For at one time you were darkness. They're living in a place of darkness. But then Hebrews, when you read on in Hebrews 8, verse 6, it says this. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would be no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, where I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me for the least of them to the greatest for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. What the Israelites were given in the, in the old covenant, in the first covenant, was not a place that they could actually know and see the heart of the Father. See, they hadn't been brought back into unity with Him. They hadn't been brought back into that place to actually operate with Him. Because God knew when He cut the covenant with Abraham that it was going to be unto death that would bring them back into the heart of the Father. What God was saying in this verse is that I have a way that will allow me to forget your sins and remember them no more. I have a way that's had you living in death and wandering in darkness that will bring light into you, that will allow you to see the things that I see and see yourselves the way that we see. I have a covenant for you. I have a new way for you. Did a pizzazz. No one was expecting the pizzazz. I have a new way. And the new way is that, but now you are light in the Lord. Once in darkness, but now in light. You see, but the, the, the transition that we come through is through this place that Dave led us. What happens in our life is that we come in our place of darkness, in our place of wandering, in our place of lost, and we come to a fork in the road. And this symbol... What Jesus did on this cross is that fork in the road. Is that position to say, do I want to remain a son of darkness and wander in the darkness? Or will I come through the salvation of the cross and enter in to the new place that God has made me, sons and daughters of light? And what happens for the world, what happens for most Christians is that they get to this place where we, we preach a gospel that says, you're going to go to heaven one day. And they go, yes, I want that. 
I want to go to heaven one day. And they enter into their salvation. But what happens is they're not equipped with the power to understand about how to live today. So what happens is they wander between the point. They fluctuate a little bit on you. Yes, I feel amazing. And then next week, I'm back on the old and I feel like a rotten mess. But then next week, don't worry, I'm back into the new. I feel amazing again. And then I go back into the old because I don't understand how to live empowered in this life. And I, I have to live in a position of manage my sin, manage my sin, look good before the people around me. So on Sunday morning, I stand here boldly and confidently with my iron shirt, my button up, my snazzy hat on. And then when I go back to the world, I forget the tools that I was given and I stand back on this side. But what God has projected before us, what God has laid before us is that no, the, the covenant that I give you is greater than any you could understand. That when you live empowered in the new life, when you live empowered as sons and daughters of light, I've forgotten your sin no more. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that no longer am I a filthy sinner. Why? Because I've transitioned through the blood that was poured and spilled on this cross. And I have now transitioned from darkness as a son and daughter of light. And guess what? I never, ever have to go back there. I never, ever, ever have to go back there and become a son or daughter of light again. I'm sorry, of darkness again. I stand in this position, a free son of the Most High, heir of the Most High. So Ben, what you're saying then is I can transition from the old man to the new man. I can be no longer a man of darkness. I can live in light. God no longer remembers my sin no more. Yes. So I can go on and I can live whichever life I so choose and God will no remember me no more. Romans 6, chapter 1, verse 2. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it. How can we who died to sin still live in it? You have to understand this. On this side of the cross, when I'm living in my old life, I'm alive to sin. My spirit man is dead and I'm alive to sin. But as I enter the transition, as I pass through the cross with Jesus, as I enter into his death and I raise again in his resurrection, I get brought alive in him and I die to sin to my old man. So I'm no longer living a life of I've got to be a good Christian boy because if I don't, I'm going to upset God. That's not the way God sees it. It's not, it's not pay your tithes, don't smoke, drink or say any swears or God won't be up, uh, he'll be upset with you this week. You've died to all that nonsense. What it is now is standing in the new life and saying, this is who I am. I'm not that anymore. So I actually don't want to live like that because I've died to that. See, when we, when we stand in a place, one of my, my favorite questions to ask people is, is, do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Or is this a rotary club? Do you enjoy hanging out with the people you're sitting next to? 
Does it give you a bit, a bit of a good feeling to, to come here? You know, when Sean led this morning and he said, you know, guys, I, I want you to actually explain to God what you want. is because this can be challenging for us. Is that God actually wants us to live a life that represents the new world we stand in. God actually wants us to live a life that represents the kingdom of light because that's who we are. You don't have to do anything for me. But God has created you. He's knitted you together. He's built you in the way that He originally designed for you to be. He loves you. And if you've given your life to Christ, if you've actually said, Jesus, I I believe in my heart who you are, and I confess that you are my Lord and Savior, then you die to this old world and you transition into the new world. So Ben, why is it so hard then for Christians to continue to live in the new world? in the new understanding, in the new kingdom that God has given us. Because like Paul said, there's a process of renewing my mind, of forgetting the things of the old life and living transformed in the new life. That as we find through the scriptures, there's things that highlight that go, I didn't know that that old thing was killing me. I didn't know that that relationship, I didn't know that that way I spoke, I didn't know that that way that I thought was actually killing me. So I'm renewing my mind. And I actually want to go back into the new world. I want to go back into the new kingdom. I want to stay in that place that I've gone into. I don't want to keep going backwards and forwards and backwards to the forwards and having to cling to the cross because I don't actually know how to transition through it because no one's ever showed me how to be a son or a daughter in Christ. You see, at this transition period right here, are the fundamentals of Christ, like Hebrews explains, the elementary doctrines, the milk, that when a new believer comes from the old into the new, they come firstly to those elementary doctrines and then they step further and further into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God. And what we have at the moment is a large percentage of the church right here on the elementary entrance level things staying at the foot of the cross when Jesus has asked us step into my kingdom come as sons and daughters we have to what what Dave took us through we have to go through because it's right here on the precipice of old and new that we leave our nonsense behind we leave our our childish ways, and we step into the kingdom. Every step we take on on the kingdom side, we stand in power and glory. Do we ever forget the cross? No. Because it's the, it's, the, it's the power of who we are that allows us to keep moving. What took place on this cross, the blood that was spilled, allows us to stand as new creations in this place. We have to stop, I heard Bill Johnson once say, we have to stop seeing God as the Godfather and start seeing Him as God the Father. Right? We have been created as new creations. If you do something, the way you speak, the way you, 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 whatever it is, and someone says to you, hey, should you be doing that? It's not be a good Christian, be a good boy, stand up and make sure that you're not doing the wrong stuff because other people might see you. 
the real question is, hey, bro, is that who you are? Is that who you are on this side of what Jesus did for your life? And you know, the funny thing is we get a bit up in arms about that. Well, you can't tell me who I am. Jesus knows who I am. But then you go home and you lay in your bed at night and you start looking back. Is that thing helping me? You know, every time a non-Christian asks me, don't you have a heap of rules that you have to follow? I go, no, I don't have any rules I have to follow. But then you start, you start pulling some things in their life and say, well, I can do whatever I want. Okay, and how's that going for you? I'll never forget I worked for a guy and we've only got adults in here. Fantastic. A little bit of an M warning. But I worked for this guy and he was a, a, a world's world man. He loved it. He was a, a boss of a, of a factory and he did everything that you could do. And he used to come in, we used to have what we'd call um, Coke come downs on Mondays because he was so agitated and so angry that you were always on alert because he had been out the weekend before doing cocaine. So we were all on edge, all of the, the guys who worked there because this guy was mean on a Monday regularly because he was agitating, he was coming down. I remember he, he came in one day into the smoker room and he told us all that he and his wife had brought a, a girlfriend into their marriage and she was moving into their house. And all the, the boys, you know, everyone, it was, it was the high fives at the, at the smoker table. And, and I remember they were left and I was chatting with one of the boys and he said, uh, he wasn't a Christian at all, and he said, man, that sounds awful. And I, I just was curious, I said, why? Why do you think it sounds awful? He's like, there's no way that that guy can manage a life like that. And for the next few months, we watched this guy's life fall apart. We watched his marriage of X amount of years. We watched their kids fall apart. We just watched everything fall apart in his life. But every time he came into the work, he was the hero. He'd get high fives and pats on the back. And I started realizing it looks awful. It looks awful. I don't have to to follow my, the rules that my God's given. It's actually a, a life that he's outlaid for me that says it's better this way. See, what happens is we get caught in this, this idea that God, I have, to, I have to live over here so that God will be pleased with me. No, he's designed our life that when we live in this place, we see the most fruit in our life. You ask any ex-drug addict, multi-millionaire, they tell you the things that they did. There was no life in it. I was miserable. And you've got to keep coming back to the drawing board and saying, all right, Lord, what does my life look like? When I transition through your cross, what does my life look like? And on a few weeks ago when Dave asked us, I too was sitting there going, Lord, what do you want to remove from me? What do you want to take from me? What do I think is in me that's really my old man speaking in my new man understanding? What are the things that have to be removed? See, we have to keep going back and going back and going back. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. I am no longer that man anymore. I am the new creation. So I don't have to keep asking God for forgiveness of the sins of my past. I don't have to keep coming and groveling before him and saying, Please, Lord. 
because I know who I am and I know that the Father has forgotten my sins as far as the east is from the west. And now he's saying, Ben, stand as the new man I've created you to be and watch what I'll do with your life. If you stand in righteousness and holiness on this side of who you are, watch what I will do with your life and the things around you. But when we get caught of, of jumping backwards and forwards, we get caught in this wrestle of letting my old man have a way and having a speak and then letting my new man be silenced. And I'm, I'm the new man on, on Sunday and I'm the old man every other time. We get caught in this wrestle and we go around and around and around and around. God is telling us, stand firm in the new man. And what we need moving forward in the world that we live in today is Christians standing well and truly on this side, surpassing the elementary doctrines and standing in the things that God's taking us into. Not dragging ourselves back through the doors on Sunday morning. And dragging ourselves back in. I have, to, I have to repent for all these things because I stuffed up. God's not angry at you. But he's saying, let's get on with it. Do you believe where I'm leading you? Then stand as the new man. Colossians 3, 1.17 says this. How do I do that? If then you have been raised, sorry, Colossians 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died from your old man, you have died into your new man and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is adultery. On account of the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked. You once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scathian, slave, free, but Christ in all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these things, put on love, which binds together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We put on our new self and we leave behind the things of the world that we lived in. This can be a difficult task, but this is what God is asking us to do.
See, every, every time we have to go back to teaching, you need to understand, you need to understand how to, to come before God in repentance. We come all the way back. We start again. And then we come all the way forward. We start pressing in. We start pressing in. We start listening to the old self. We come all the way back. But what God is asking us to do is to understand what Dave taught two weeks ago. To understand the repentance, the shifting of my mind. That the very moment that I allow my old man to speak, I stop and I repent before God. See, when David gives himself over to Bathsheba and he goes through the mess, he's allowing in that picture, it's the same principle, but he's allowing that old man to speak. And when he realizes what's going on, what does he do? He goes and he lays prostrate before the Lord because he realizes that's not who I am. See, in our life, we have to understand God. He's not cranky at me. He's not angry at me, but he's saying, I created you better. I created you as a son and daughter of light to live in a more perfect way. We get to choose to stay in our mess. We get to choose to stay in our mess. It's a cognitive decision to stay in our mess. I have all the time in the world for somebody who says, Ben, I really want to get out of my mess. I just don't know how. I will help you. As much as I can, for as long as I can. But it's the problem of, I'm comfortable in my mess. You know what? I actually like it here. I've nestled a little, nice little bed between all the clothes. I'm comfortable in my mess. But God is saying, stop living in the old man. Come through the cross. Come through the salvation that he's given us. Come through the blood and live on the other side, empowered and holy and righteous in him as sons and daughters of light. Because it's so important in this time that we're coming into. It's so important in this time that we're coming. I'm going to get Maddie to share in a second a, a vision that he had during the week. But I just want to highlight something. I know over the last little while I've been preaching and, and explaining about getting us ready and, and trying to encourage us to action. The reason for that is that I really believe that the church needs in this next season, this next era, to stand up and be counted. But what that's going to take is men and women, sons and daughters of God, saying, I'm done being in my mess and looking after myself and I want to stand as new creations in the kingdom and be counted. As Shay said, when I look around this room, there are so many of you who have been in church for a very long time who have heard this stuff over and over, who know the principles. And I want to encourage you, the kingdom, the church needs you. The gift that you carry, the person that you are, the lives that you can reach, the wisdom that you hold, that you carry a specific gift and a specific way God has created you uniquely and and. and incredibly amazing that I can't do, that Jess can't do, that Sean, Karina, Josh can't do. We are called into a position, but God has got to, you have to step through the cross and live as holy and righteous, new creation, sons and daughters of light. 
not looking back and holding the plowshare. It says, those who look back cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We are moving forward. And we move forward through the power that this cross has given us, through what Jesus did, what Jesus Christ of Nazareth did on this cross. He spilt his blood for us to step in and become sons and daughters. Maddie, do you want to come and just share the, the vision you had for me? Hey, everyone. Um, there's a lot going on today, so you just want to take five deep breaths and focus on God and rest a bit. I'm going to share a vision I had, but as I share it, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit's just going to deposit the seed and that vision into you and just teach you about it. He might reveal other things today or throughout the week or years to come. Who knows? We're not let him do what he wants, but anything that I say that's not of him, I just trust he'll burn up and interpret into you for you guys. So it just happened as, as sitting with God and it was like a an old train station opened up and like this old 1930-ish era movies and it was a bit dreary and grey and there's like a old steam train like um, it was red steaming and the whistling's going off and they just hear a voice saying like all aboard it's almost going and I saw Ben on the platform urging more people to get on and the crowd was just kind of standing there maybe a few were moving and hesitant they weren't quite sure if they wanted to get on or not what the destination was with the the city it's going to be much better where they were you know like just imagine we're here on the coast if it's going to brisbane or melbourne or um new york or something you know, just not quite sure they want to go there and i just see the doors close and the whistle goes off and it just takes off but it just doesn't follow the normal train track it um it's like that back to the future train where it becomes like almost like a spaceship and it just takes off on this track into to the sky to the heavens through the through the solar system the planets there's those those nebula those whirly galaxies and stuff and it, it's just beautiful and it's just heading to the to the city above and how that looks like to you i can picture emerald or gold towers and just that glo glory up there and it, it just happens so quick and then god takes me back to the beginning you know like looking on the platform and feeling those emotions and then i'm like all right lord what what's on this train you know there's like many carriages and you hop in and there's a first class carriage with the most amazing food and banquet you can imagine and there's hardly anyone in it and you just keep going down and you know there might be a dance floor on a carriage or more places to sit and have conversations with people and just you know you just see a few people here and there and then as you go back that's where all the people are just in this overcrowded cabin you know like if you've ever been in peak hour to brisbane and everyone's got their armpits in your face and you're standing there it's uncomfortable it's it's just a place of safety in the crowd and like the whole train's open to people but few people are moving they just want to stay in that place and they can't see the amazing view outside the windows or anything but you're all getting to that destination that train's going there no matter what but it's like yeah there's to me as i've been meditating on it it's just there's different levels on that journey we can all step into you know you can 
have the person next to you in, in an uncomfortable zone or you can move up the carriage and you can actually have a talk, sit down, you can dance, you can eat at that table and it's prepared and it's all there. And Yeah, that was, that was essentially the, the vision I wanted to share, so thank you. That's awesome, Maddie. And a part of that, Matt shared that vision with me and I went, Awesome, another train. Another thing to wait for. I almost have right back to Maddie. Oh, encouraging, Maddie. Stand by the train. And I felt God tribute me and say, then get on. Prepare now. That train might take off tomorrow. That train might take off in a year, in two years, in five years. We may never see it take off. But I know that I know that I know I want to be on there. I want to be on there. And God has given me a job to stand and yell at people as loudly as I can to come and get on that train. But I realized it doesn't matter when it's going to come. It doesn't matter that it's another vision that's just there. God, you've told us to go and I trust Maddie and I trust the, the time he puts in and the, the effort as the... the as a operating in a in a prophetic gifting like he does, I say, God, if that train leaves tomorrow, may I be on it? What do you want me to do? And I want to leave you with that vision and this verse that says in Romans six, verse nine to fourteen, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. I want to encourage you this morning. Go and do whatever time with God you've got to do. Go and ask him, God, who am I? Am I being used in the fullness that you've had me? Am I here because you want me here and I've got something to do? Or am I here because I don't know where else to go and I like the club vibe that we've got going on? Or am I here because, like Maddie said, I'm prepared to get on that train and I'm prepared to walk up and down? What do you stand? I just want to pray. I just want you all to close your eyes. If you can just close your eyes for, for honor and respect to the person next to you. I just want to give us a moment. If you feel like you have been living in a place
where you've been perpetually going around and around and around. You've been allowing the old man to take over. You've been bouncing backwards and forwards, confused and frustrated. And I want you just to open your hands. Just put your hands out, ready to receive. Keep your eyes closed so that you can do this without feeling any pressure. Just going to ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and begin a process of refining. If that's you, if you want to enter into that process of refining, just quietly do whatever it is you do to, to agree with God. Whatever it is that you do to, to ask Him to come and move, whether you've got to say, Lord, that's me. But Lord, I pray this morning, God, that we learn as a people how to, to come through the elementary teachings of, of you. Jesus, we want to go deeper in you. We want to go to more and more in you. But Lord, this morning I ask that you begin to reveal the things in our hearts that are stopping us from getting on that train. Reveal in our hearts, Lord, the things that are holding us back from you. Like Dave said, reveal the things, Lord, that we need to leave and move through your cross. Let us transition this morning in and stand as bold sons and daughters of you constantly shifting our focus back to you and remaining on you, Jesus. But this morning, set a fire down in our bones. Set a fire in our heart. God, whether you come and move mightily in this city, in this nation, in this house, whether it be tomorrow or in five weeks or five years, God, help us prepare ourselves to stand before you. Lord, I pray during the week that we be given opportunities to do business with you. Lord, that we be prompted in our heart to come before you. To come back into your love, to come back into understanding who you are. Lord, if that means we have to come before you like David did, with our whinging and our whining, with our tantrum, Lord. May you prompt us to come to that place. And Lord, may our hearts be open to hear it. But I pray this morning, Lord, as we understand ourselves, as we understand our new life, our new creation self in you, as we understand that we are sons and daughters of the Most High, sons and daughters of light, God, that we may act as new creations, that we may act 
as sons and daughters is that we may uphold your kingdom and your will in this time. Lord, help us to be light in the darkness. Help us to be salt in an untasty place. Lord, we love you, we honor you. Jesus, we worship your name. God, we declare your kingship in this house. We declare your kingship in this city and we declare your kingship in this nation. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We love you and we honor you. And in your beautiful name we pray, amen. If you have any questions or if you want to talk through something, come and do so. Edith, come. Don't put the tunes on just yet. I just want to just quickly share, as, uh, as Maddie was sharing his vision and, um, and then Ben um, talking, I felt God was saying that in this season in our world at the moment, where things can change nearly from one hour to the next. And there's so much uncertainty in our lives with everything that's happening. God wants us to know that he never changes. He is constant. And even when that train comes and God is asking us to get on that train and we're not knowing where we're going, it can create the same anxiety and fear about this uncertainty of where we're going. But God wants us to know when he is on the move, we can be assured that it's going to be good, it's going to be wild, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be what he has orchestrated. So not to allow what's happening in us through the world at the moment to take our eyes off who God is and what he wants to do because we can trust him implicitly. Amen. Amen. If you